Welcome to I'm From the Internet, a podcast about something awful, the goons, and their consequences. I'm Chicago comedian Winslow Dumain, and I'm sitting here with internet historian Jay Brandstetter. This is part two of Bioapocalypse. If you haven't already listened to part one, that was last week's episode, you should go give that a listen. And to uh, refresh you, the storyline of the first episode is uh, this is a comic book written by a goon when he was in the sixth grade. And the uh, cover of the comic is just like this sword coming out of a sea of blood, right? And uh, it follows a lab leak of some sort of sentient meat monster that eats the entire planet. Uh, every, basically, everybody dies, but they're also in a state of permanent living and dying. Then we have uh, all of Africa is turned into a giant ass that's just shitting into space. And then there's a face on the planet that's vomiting blood. And Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm recording this like a week later, so you have to bear with me. I can't tell which part of this is from the comic book and which part of this was just the dreams I've been having. So, yeah, then we have uh, a moon base where there's a whole bunch of people living on the moon, but there's uh, the scientists versus the uh, religious people, but they just have one world religion, and they're all mad at the scientists, and the scientists are all mad at them. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is about as good as it gets. So this is part two of Bioapocalypse. Hundreds of square miles of solar panels were at the top of the moon where most of the sunlight hit. This provided infinite energy. Big guns with guided nukes kept asteroids away. The cities and tunnels on the front side of the moon make up a country called Luna. Luna is ruled by scientists, and science is the main religion. <laughs> oh fuck yeah yeah we're getting into some I there's mean, there's some very good science and religion stuff in here yeah i also just love like the fact that they named the city luna it's like so uh hey i'm from earth hey what part of earth are you from oh i'm from this the city of earth <laughs> oh i'm from terra <laughs> what's what's your religion Science. <laughs> what alcohol, please? Uh, oh, just like beakers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he has like a little necklace with like a little beaker on it. Oh shit, that sucked. Fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, and like when they show like the sci-fi cityscape, I'm assuming like the big building. It just has like an, a drawing of an atom with the two rings around it as like their symbol. So it's like, yeah, I worship science. Uh, so this is that's what science is. I mean, I'm not against it. Some of the like the Soviet depictions of like like the starry eyed nuclear future is just superb. I mean, like the administration building uh, outside of Chernobyl is just so so beautiful. Oh, yeah, my my, my um, favorite one is the coat of arms for like the city where they have like their uranium enrichment because it's like it's it's a bear inside of an atom trying to pull the nucleus apart. So it's like both, so yeah, both cool imagery dumb. and also bears. So it's like both of my in science. It's like all my stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, big fan, big fan of the whole thing. On the dark side of the moon, there was a vast system of underground caves, which were filled with underground farms and big oxygen machines. There were also monasteries. The cave system was a nation called New Jerusalem. It was covered by a theocracy. All the religions that used to be on Earth merged into one super crazy religion. <laughs> okay, okay. There's uh, uh, on the dark side of the moon. Okay, uh, there's a vast system of underground caves, but it's like, uh, hey, what the 
what, what kind of oxygen machines do you, we want to use here? Oh, get the big ones. Oh, yeah, I would think the big ones are probably the best bet here. Yeah, we should go uh, go to the oxygen machine store and ask for a big one. And I do like that. I mean, okay, Jerusalem, a place that is holy for many religions, um, is, yeah, I also just love that uh, that they, they're just referring to it as, like, as being one super crazy religion. It's like, oh, what kind of religion are you into? <laughs> It's a super crazy one, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's the craziest. Just once, I wanted it to be like New Mecca or something. Just like to throw a red. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Zion. Yeah. yeah. Most scientists believe that no god would allow hundreds of trillions of innocent souls to suffer in perpetual agony. Therefore, they concluded that God did not exist. A handful of scientists did believe in God. They just thought he was a real son of a bitch. That's okay. And this illustration, so the illustration on the previous page is just like an ant farm. You know, it's like the, the, the tubes underground where people live. But the one next to it is, uh, it's a depiction of God, I assume. Um, oh, God, dude, I, I, the more I look at this, the more I'm processing. And fucking, okay, so depiction of God. It is uh, God at his throne. And uh, there's all sorts of like Byzantine illustrations on the throne. And on one side we have uh, a cross and on the other side we have, I guess, a different variation of a cross all around him um, is so like shooting out from him are like almost like strings of beads. But that gives like this very richly detailed effect. And then like rays of light are coming out. But uh, and, uh, and in a circle around him. It says Dominus Julius Nomine and like various Latin phrases, which again, this kid's Catholic, um, except uh, there's like a, a vacuum where God should be. There's you don't actually see God. You just see like a white silhouette of God um, and like a, 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 a circle or a sun maybe where his head should be, except um, you have like this kind of glorious uh, deus in absentia kind of image here, except in the left hand or the rather the right hand of God is the red planet spewing blood. And then the other hand is flipping you off. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the perfect, perfect summary of everything that's going on here. I I'm such a big fucking fan. This, if I could get somebody to do a proper rendition of this, that's tattoo material. <laughs> Red planet and middle finger, a god that wasn't there. What's He's a not real to son of a bitch. Real son of a bitch. <laughs> that's, uh, it's such good sixth grader learning to cuss for the first time. That's so fucking great. The religious people believe that the bio-apocalypse was God's punishment for worshipping science and meddling with his creation. They believe science was evil and should be rejected. They were hypocrites, though, because they relied on oxygen machines to keep them from suffocating to death. This never occurred to them. (laughs) (laughs) This never occurred to them. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. And, um... Okay, so this is the super religion fabulous. is so good. The super religion is like, oh, dude, it's it's like the the disturbed logo where it's like the pentagram, the Jewish star, the cross, the circle and crest, or the the crescent and star, 
and um, it's like all religious symbols put into one, which is the most fucking moderate middle of the road. What if everybody's right? Bullshit. I've ever fucking seen. I hate that shit so goddamn much. And uh, some of you are wrong. And so we have somebody standing up here wearing a coat or a, a, a smock, perhaps uh, an alb, if you will, um, with that symbol on it. They have a cape. They look very mad. They've got like the the it, this all looks like it was illustrated in the style of Captain Underpants. <laughs> That's a very um, good way of putting it. And it's it, the the creature. The person is holding a book, and behind them there is a sign that has the word science, and then on the attached to the S of science, it also says Satan. And they're pointing at a sign that just says repent. And there's a bunch of other people looking up at them with their like screwy little hats on because they're all part of one religion. However, my favorite part of this is that the uh, proselytizer standing on the, the stage here is one. I mean, I presume five or six times taller than the other creatures here. Uh, but he also has curly little elf shoes, which I think is a very funny little touch. Yes. <laughs> well, his look as a whole reminds me of that one uh, chick tract about like where the kids talk to the one world religion guy that looks like Tingle. He very much has like that look to him. Is that the one where the kid's wearing a shirt that just says it has a monkey's face and it just says like my ancestor? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That sounds very, very yeah. much like uh, the scientists were hypocrites too. Almost every one of them when they were asleep, would find themselves praying to God, thanking him for sparing them the fate suffered by 99.9% of humanity. They usually did this in their dreams, and usually forgot the next morning, and the scientists were responsible for this mess in the first place. Just the the fact. Oh, dude, there's so much going on in this picture here. Um, it's it's okay. There's a thing that like inexperienced artists do that I think is very funny, which is like uh, they think that they need to show everything all of the time um, and like have the detail on every possible thing. Like you can have a distant face and not even put a face on it because you just need the silhouette of a face, right? You just need the silhouette of the person. You don't need to make sure that they have eyebrows, yeah. right? Um, but if you only learn one way to draw something, you're going to draw that same thing really far away all the time the same way, right? So in this uh, panel beneath the the hypocritical scientist, they are sleeping with disease coming out of their head. Um, and there are two windows, and one of them is overlooking the city of the moon. And then they made sure to uh, have the red planet earth shitting blood, like in tiny, tiny detail in the furthest, furthest back. And then right to the right of that is a uh, enormous clock that is even larger than their dresser. That just says the time is now thirty six twenty two eighty nine. Also, eighty nine <laughs> is, like, is very funny, <laughs> <laughs> which is not 
how time works at all. But they do have a little rat at the bottom of the screen, so that helps. Yeah, the rat, the rat is just a part. Like he just associates rats with science. It's fabulous. Yeah, because you learned about lab rats or something. Like this is one of the rare episodes where, like, the entire way through, I am a fan. And I want the person that made this to know, like, because we've we've tried to reach out or not tried to reach out, so to speak. But we've been open to, you know, uh, uh, Morte walking across the country. If Morte wants to talk to us about that and see if he's gotten help, that's fine. Or the guy that tried to buy the land or he bought the land in Hawaii. I'm open to talking to these people, but I think that they're they're fools. Right. I think everything about this is great. <laughs> I'm a fan of this top to bottom. Yes, 100. percent This is this is this is a this is a victory lap episode. Nothing about this is bad. It's all good. Absolutely, big fan. As the years passed by, the scientists eventually came to the conclusion that they should do something about the giant organism. They all got together so they could discuss how to get rid of it and eventually repopulate Earth. So I guess we gotta do something about this, huh? I mean, it took them long enough, I guess. It took years to determine this, but okay. And we just have a round table of scientists, um, and they're gathered. You know, it's kind of a war room. Some of them are very big. Some of them are very small. They all look kind of goofy, very far side. It's very clear this person got very into drawing the meat people and then just did not <laughs> want to draw. Well, okay, so... Um, I was recently in a high school uh, to watch the production of a play. Um, and I was walking the halls of like the school where they have like some of the best art of the year on the walls from the kids there over the past few years. And like, there are like kids in like eighth and ninth grade, 10th grade, maybe that are like putting out some beautiful works of art. And it's so funny to me that there's so many people that will do these grand works and then can't like commit to making like a full scale thing, you know, like they, they will make the big painting and then they'll get bored because they're not like immediately worshiped and praised for it. Cause these kids are great. Uh, and then there's these other kids that make a full comic out of this, even though they're not actually technically good at it. And I just, I think that's so much fun. It's the curse of being good at something is you think you have to be the best. And the blessing of being pretty bad at something is you're just like, all right, this will do. <laughs> yeah, like for the majority of people, the, the relationship with art is that art is a way of conveying stories and ideas. So as long as the story, if you're conveying a story and idea, as long as it conveys it well, I feel a lot of people will, will like the casual people, especially will, like will overlook that. I know that that's a frustration for a lot of artists. Well, they'll complain about, you know, I spend so long working on this page in a comic and then people will just read through it in like a second and move on. And on some levels, right. like, yeah, you should learn to appreciate and respect and, like, find, you know, really get enjoy the artwork. But at the same time, that is kind of how just that's how people consume stories, unfortunately. It's just kind of like that's why having that's why be telling these stories with your artwork is, I think, a big part of actually building, like, you know, having people who actually care about you as an artist in your creations. People like stories. That's that's how they that's how they connect to your original characters. People anyone can draw a cool character and post it out of context, but actually presenting the stories and adventures that made you fall in love with that character as you invented them. You know, that makes other people love it too. Is just that that's so much more fulfilling as, as a, as a person who consumes art. Yeah. And I, for one, am somebody who like actually goes through and like appreciates every moment of every 
panel, you know, like I don't necessarily give a shit too much about like the stories of a lot of the works that I read because I, I'm so much more invested in the visuals of the work and I'm here for the whole thing on this one though, you know? Yeah. I think that's why we're, that's probably why, I think that's why we work together very well. Cause we both have that appreciation, but from like different levels, it's, it's, I mean, different, different mm-hmm. perspectives. I love it. So the next page. At first, they tried launching several 500-megaton nuclear warheads, but the organism just regenerated in days, and the radiation made things even crazier. At least a 400 billion people and animals were put out of their misery. A few hundred billion people, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also just like the, 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 the attempt at making it like a very technical thing throughout the whole process, and it's like, yeah, but the nukes just made things crazier. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you didn't break out the the thesaurus for this one at least. Yeah, but right, it's just, exactly. It's so, so crazy, very good. Just excited kid storytelling. Yeah, the scientists decided that they would, should create a super virus that would spread fast and turn dead cells into a light, filthy gas that would rise up to the top of the atmosphere. The filthy gas could be sucked out and compressed into metallic garbage spheres and then launched into the sun. Then they would fill the earth with oxygen, nitrogen, and other materials that would make normal life possible again. That's awesome. And I do love that the scientist has, uh, the scientist is standing at a podium, I imagine. Maybe that's a lectern. I don't know. There's a difference. And at least one person I follow on Twitter is very mad about the difference between (laughs) podiums and lecterns. So please, Dan Cazetta, do not at me on this. Yeah, don't get lectern Twitter started on us. We're yeah, dude, lectern Twitter like makes K-pop Twitter sound like something else. Keep all the pauses in that. <laughs> uh, it makes. T- <laughs> um, uh, so we have the scientists standing uh, at the lectern with the big atom on their shirt, and the, I like that the scientist is wearing glasses and of course the glasses are just like bouncing off the scientist's head and they're pointing at a sign that says one sign that says the plan that has been nailed to the wall and that it is a four panel comic and son of a bitch if we if if this four panel was loss we would lose our goddamn minds <laughs> yeah this but, is all a setup for loss <laughs> right and so uh, the panel is just shoot virus at Earth, and it's just a laser being shot at Earth to kill the abomination. And it is a laser being shot at Earth, and there's like a mini four-panel comic within of uh, it. The, the, the laser shoots the virus. The virus turns everything to shit, and everything dies. And then uh, as everything dies, panel three is suck out the filthy gas, and they have like tubes coming out of planes that will suck up the gas. And then panel four naturally launch at sun or launch into the sun as uh i don't know i mean i just there's i prove it wrong prove any of this wrong just, just this, even the filth, filthy gas using that just as the specific term repeatedly is so funny to me the filthy gas right Religious people were opposed to the plan, 
They considered life sacred, so they opposed abortion, assisted suicide, and putting most of humanity out of its misery. They were also just opposed to science in general, and they believed suffering was good, and that suffering was penance for sins, and the way to redemption. So they made a plan to thwart the scientists and stop the virus from being shot at Earth. Okay. (laughs) In a similar tableau, we have... Uh, a religious person wearing again the cloak with all the different like symbols on it um, and the little pointy elf shoes and they have I like that they included a little step you can see that they took a step to get onto the little platform that they're on um, and above them is what looks like a stop sign if a stop sign got really into Jesus and they're pointing at a sign that uh, is it is I, I sensibly I guess that is the virus launcher and it's, they're like, it, okay, so it's the religious people shooting, trying to destroy the virus launcher. And then the text of the sign here says, destroy virus launcher, kill all who resist, victory equals heaven. And again, no notes. <laughs> the scientists had to create the virus first to avoid the same mistake. Made a century ago, this virus was designed in a sealed lab surrounded by six layers of ultra-high-tech security clearance. The virus itself was created in an encapsulated, airtight environment and stored in a capsule made out of the hardest diamond. The lab was miles underground and oh, remote. Yes. And now we have a good, uh, yes, the underground layer drawing. We always love a good underground layer drawing. For I mean, know. one, like, that's so funny that, like, you can learn so much about where somebody like looks at their drawings and stuff. And I'm willing to bet uh, that this kid had a copy of the way things work. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is you so know? what this is. Um, if you don't know, the way things work was uh, essentially a kid's book uh, that was uh, made by, I don't know, some, it seems like an engineer. Maybe he wasn't an engineer, but he just had diagrams and cross sections of like big machines and kind of showed how all the different parts work together and, you know, explained very complicated things in a way that a kid can understand. It was a fabulous book and I loved it a lot growing up. And if you can't get your hands on that, um, Randall Monroe of XKCD put together a book of like explaining very complicated things with, with a vocabulary of the entire book has he uses 1,000 different words in different variations. And so, like, he can't have a word specifically for, like, hydrogen balloon. And so he'll say, like, almost no weight gas make bag go up. And, like, it's a, a fabulous way of understanding things. I, I'm a big fan yeah, of Yeah, like that. an explain like um, I'm five thing. Yeah, very much an explain like I'm five. And so what we're looking at here is uh, a a cross section that has almost like a fisheye angle to it. It, That's like, it's a little distorted, which is something that I have hard time drawing myself is, is like, there's a reason why all my drawings are very flat is because I have a hard time with like the, the angles and distortions of things. Um, But we have like, it it is like a a vault. Like think of the spheres in portal two where they're doing like the science testing and stuff like that. Um, and you can see like the cross section of all the different security stuff and all the machines inside. 
Uh, I don't know. It's great. I, I have no no uh, no problems with this. This is altogether a six creator did this. I'm a fan. I love this. Yeah. And before I forget, I will say that this is the way things works book. I'm pretty sure it's a the guy has has continued to update them and re-release them. So there's if you get them now, they have ones where they show like how smartphones work and stuff. But still the same oh, person great. in the same style and everything. So it's really cool. And I'm glad that kids still get to experience that. And even as an adult, it's cool to look at it and be like, okay, so that's where all those parts go. Just from that blown up view. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Learning stuff is great. I'm, that's, that's, I'm always in favor of learning things. When the super virus was complete, the religious people tried to storm the lab. They only made it to security level two before being overwhelmed. So they blew themselves up. Okay. So this was after 9-11. So that... Places, yeah, that definitely uh, feels like post nine eleven. Yeah, well, what if Catholics were killing people? Whoa, <laughs> Wh- whoever thought of that? But I do like that there's mounted guns that are shooting people, and you kind of get like an around the corner type of look here of like all these different religious people just getting just butchered, and uh, of course the guns. As I mean, I don't need to explain to the audience, but guns when you shoot them, they do say rat a tat tat when you shoot them with three exclamation um, points. Yeah, with I mean, obviously, you know, an AR-15 will have as many as 30 exclamation points, and that's why I think that we need to talk about, like, common sense gun laws to reduce the number of exclamation points from guns. That's why it's called an AR-15, <laughs> average rat-a-tat of 15. Exactly. I, God, I had a joke a million years ago when I was touring, uh, I was, like, talking about, like, finally found out that uh, Arkansas stands for Armalite Rifle Kansas. <laughs> And uh, the people of Arkansas were a fan. <laughs> I will say that. Outside, automated guns and man guns finish off the last of the religious invader force that had stormed the lab. Space jets help too. Blood spurts differently in moon gravity. <laughs> Blood spurts differently in moon gravity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Space jets help too. This is a little kid like a science. <laughs> That's I like talking about his little brothers, like space jets helped too. Yeah. But you do get like, again, uh, a rather adept depiction of like things happening at a distance. And you kind of have like the perspective of the guns shooting onto a far range and that the bullets start larger and get smaller in a, in a contiguous pattern. Um, and, you know, they're, like, shooting the tracer rounds and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, I also love the idea that there's so many people that have been shot and they're dying. But everybody that's shot, they're not just, like, bleeding out. They're actually having, like, a shooting arterial spray of blood shooting out of them. You know what I mean? The phrase space jets is very funny to me just because, like, jets, like, by definition, like, require air. So space jet, it's like, like something like a foot punch or something. It's just, like, a self-defeating <laughs> term. It's very funny. The religious people had a history of attacking and terrorizing scientists, so this was nothing new. However, their current actions had threatened all life on the moon, as well as the future of Earth. The scientists were especially on alert now. As they transported the virus to the virus launcher, they made sure that they were escorted by the scientist military force. The virus was transported in a heavily armored truck that was programmed to detonate a nuke if the virus ever break out of its diamond storage capsule. Okay, is that not literally a a plot point of The Dark Knight Rises? Is that they just put a nuke inside of a trash truck? Yeah, they've got energy. How did they get their hands on a nuke? (sighs) 
Is that I can't remember that at all. All I remember from that movie is that somebody got shot at it. I actually remember why. It was because that movie was very convoluted. Yeah, it was like there that the nuke was actually like an energy reactor, and they kidnapped the scientist that made it and had him turn it into a bomb, and then Bane executed him in front so that in front of everyone at the football game, so that way it couldn't be turned off. The movie is fucking weird. I could talk about that movie a whole lot. Like. What a what a yeah, yeah that was especially as a movie nerd at the time spending all this time being very excited for it, and then it coming out and me being just like what was that I I just like I wonder because uh, did they have plans for they had plans for a middle movie with the Joker and it was gonna like bridge the gap and they didn't they they, they scrapped the entire movie. Right. Yeah, I think at some point they were planning on having him show up again, like how just like how the uh, like how the Scarecrow shows up in all the sequels and stuff. Because one of his things was he didn't want to have characters die off; he wanted them to stay around and continue to be part of the universe. But but because yeah, because they, they lost the Joker actor, then they, they just scrapped all that instead of you know thankfully respectful enough to not try and bring him back with CG or whatever. Well, yeah, I, I still think they could have recast him, but I mean, it would have it's like it's impossible because of like how much of cultural relevance the fucking Heath Ledger had at that time. So yeah, yeah, I I always kind of wondered like what they could have done because that the third movie was just such a disaster compared to the, to the second. Yeah. I remember there was like a popular like fan rumor at the time was that at one point, like the scarecrow was going to use his fear gas and then they would be able to like have a hallucination joker or something. But of course, that was none of that was true. It's like when people were saying that the third one was going to have Eddie Murphy as the Riddler. There was so many funny, weird rumors around that movie at the time. Well, there was, uh, there was like hinted that there was going to be Riddler in Dark. Knight yeah, because of Edward Dimbley, or, or yeah, the guy named or Mister uh, Mister Mister Reese. Reese. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, who knows. I do love that when they show the, the virus caravan that very helpfully is labeled virus truck. Virus truck and like there's B-52s that are that are uh, carrying it along and also everybody's holding their guns out vertically right next to their bodies, <laughs> yeah. which is as I as I walk with it, yeah. The armored truck was attacked. The religious people tried to ambush it. A major battle ensued. Major battle, of course. We have the Virus truck rolling along, and it is very like, what if a semi-truck was put into a rock tumbler so all of its parts <laughs> got really rounded out? And behind it, you see just like the some of the slight undulating hills of the moon, the deep space uh, stars, and the red, the, the crescent of the red planet shitting blood into the atmosphere. And then what I do like is that there are no stars obfuscating the moon. Like, he thought... Through like well, there wouldn't be stars. I'm just not showing the darkness of space. So I do like that. Yeah. And the uh, next panel is just it's like an illustration of battle as conveyed by Henry Darger, which is just like blood and guts and dudes getting shot in half. And it's just like it, we're back to the carnage of the first few pages of the thing, and I couldn't be happier. use reason and strategy to fight the battle. The religious people relied on faith and miracles. As you can imagine, the scientists won, even though they were outnumbered. 
The survivors on the religious side were executed or put out of their misery. They were at risk. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is right here, man. Just, oh, God, just people getting executed, just blood and gore. It's just insanity. Just putting bullets in the back of the heads of praying people. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. I mean, yeah, the early 2000s were a, were a time. <laughs> yeah, and, and just in general, like, I know, like, that is one of the, yeah, just as, like, when you're a kid, especially as a kid growing up, like, I feel like that's just that, that very cartoonish sense of violence before you really understand how horrifying violence is. Right. The scientists had tolerated the religious people before because of multiculturalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> But <laughs> mankind's greatest nemesis, <laughs> multiculturalism. But this was the last straw. The scientists turned off the oxygen machines that kept New Jerusalem alive. In parentheses, after abducting all their children. Of course. <laughs> and gave them a message. Either you give up your stupid religion and embrace science, or you suffocate to death. Some religious people chose science, but they were considered heretics and executed. Most religious people chose to pray instead, hoping that God would save them, or at least reward them for their piety. Okay, one, did not expect them to be able to include the word piety in this whole thing. That's fantastic. The the oxygen machine in the background just looking like a primitive smoke machine. Um, Religious people gasping and wheezing. And then you have somebody who is crucified... uh, with four nails, which is obviously not the way that you do it. Um, and with the word heretic just emblazoned across them. And they look very surprised <laughs> to be crucified. Also, they are wearing uh, tidy whities And they have the word traitor carved into their chest. And a Adam also carved into their chest. And they're bleeding into two... Uh, what look like two Pringles. But I'm going to imagine that those are... Bulls or body parts or something. I don't know. Yeah. The, the detail of the religious people executing the people that choose science is very funny. Just, just even in the moment, still just people just fighting over stuff. The virus truck survived the battle and delivered the virus to the virus launcher with no problems. The virus launcher embedded their diamond capsule in a metal bullet and discharged it towards Earth at 50 billion miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> The virus launcher does look like they're just using a very vascular scorpion that is attached to one of those little electric balls. Vascular that when scorpion you touch is it. also a very good band name in this episode. For vascular scorpion, names. great band name. Um, and it looks like it's being loaded into a gumball machine that shoots it out of a scorpion into space. <laughs> <laughs> Which the readers don't even need to see the illustration because they have my mind poetry to explain to them exactly what they're looking at. And, uh, yeah. So that, it, but it actually looks like in the pincers of the scorpion are just like rays that shoot together a laser that then blasts out the, the beam of the virus. I'm just going to assume that that's how viruses work, man. Yeah. And the sound effect of it firing is four. <laughs> Yeah, four <laughs> V's, then P F F O A, and then O O O O trailing off into infinity. Just v- 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 <laughs> very good sound effect. That's what my virus launcher sounds yeah. like. It's like it's like how walking sharks make the shunk noises. <laughs> yeah. The metal bullet penetrated over a mile into the organism's vile flesh. The effects were instant. 
Awesome. So it's, yeah, and we're now back to like the cartoonish Dr. Seussian flesh monster with like vortexes of flesh and arms and stuff. But then a, out of all of the red meat, a blue beam has just like punctured straight into it. And just now the thing is vomiting blood and there's just veins everywhere. And the blue beam is still like blasting out of it. And there's like tentacles and stuff in the far distance there. Yeah. And the color, the color composition, everything till now has just been black and white pencil illustrations colored with like reds and oranges. So the blue stands out a lot. And then like also like once it gets shot, there's like purple coming with the vomit. So it's like using the colors really effectively to show like, the, the thing penetrating it and mixing with its flesh and everything. Right. The organism withered, melted, exploded, screamed, vomited, and eventually evaporated into a brown, filthy gas. The virus spread with the same speed and cruelty that the organism did a century ago. For so many hundreds of trillions of people and smart animals, this was the end they were all hoping for. <laughs> the process of death under the virus was extremely painful and horrifying, but it was quick for the first time in a century. People and half-people on Earth smiled out of their own free will, even as they melted and vomited. Hallelujah. Period. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's so much to go over here, but just uh, the fact that we have here for trillions of people and smart animals, <laughs> I think is such a fucking funny line. But again, we're just looking at just like a, a twisting maelstrom of death and blood. But now one of them, they actually look very happy to be dying because now they're in like a final death. But this also raises questions of like reincarnation, because how would they know they had died in the past? And now they all... Uh, they're happy for their new death, but are they guaranteed to not come back? We don't know. Yeah. That is the, uh, uh, the the mystery of Christendom, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> They're finally achieving samsara. <laughs> yeah. The scientists watched their virus eat away at the organism from the safety of their moon balcony. They didn't dare celebrate. <laughs> they held hands and watched it <laughs> I mean, dude, you, you have to pay so much money to get a moon balcony these days. Yeah. Like, yeah, rent... Moon rent is insane. I love to go on my moon balcony and watch my moon bonfire. Yeah, got it. Yeah, no, it's just a whole bunch of people looking out an enormous window. Like, the tableau is very, like, thoughtful. And, like, they're they're created in a very interesting way here. Uh, like, he actually has, like, a, a, a distant image all laid out in, in a very orderly way, which I think is very funny. Most of the organism had been killed off. However, the scientists didn't know that there was much more to the organism than the surface. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, so now we have, like, an enormous... It looks like a meteor has smashed into the Earth, but that is the, the, the effects of the laser beam being shot into the planet. Several hundred miles below what used to be the giant blood-barfing oh, face, fuck. the organism had been incubating a giant fetus. The fetus itself was 50 miles tall, and it grew in a womb almost 150 miles across. The massive tentacle tunnels that connected the fetus to the organism's surface had severed themselves so the fetus wasn't infected. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I also just love the fact that like it's it's taking itself so seriously, but also using the word barf, <laughs> uh, which is very funny to me. We're right back into the, to the, the boobies discourse right there. <laughs> But yeah, it is like a red, fleshy, homunculus-looking thing uh, that has dozens, I mean, at least a dozen, I would say, uh, umbilical cords connecting it to various tubes 
Yeah, and it's covered in these bulgy veins that make it kind of look like a Harlequin fetus, so it's like... Right, yeah, yes. That's the very word. upsetting looking, yeah. The fetus sensed the paraorganism's death, so the 12 umbilical cords snapped and the fetus became conscious early. And oh, this page is so good, just... It's just, yeah, it's like the eye of the beast waking up and you can see all of its red teeth and the red veins and all the stuff pe- peeling out of it. Yeah, as, as the, the, the flesh tendrils like detach from it. The giant fetus wasn't the only subterranean monstrosity being gestated by the organism. A colony of giant worm things, each ten miles high, was also growing underneath what was once Australia. Like the fetus, the monster wormwood <laughs> colony's womb was severed from the organism before the super virus reached it. Oh, man. I mean, one, I just love that when you're writing this kind of stuff, you can just, like, write the biggest thing ever. Like, that's the most, that's what makes Warhammer so much fun, is because every part of it is like, what if it was even more metal? It's the whole thing, all the way. It's just so fucking goofy. And God, I'm just now looking that we have we're halfway through this thing. How how could this possibly get crazier? <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, the, but the next the next page here is is a work of art. The giant fetus crawled out of the earth and caused a 9.0 earthquake. The wormoids also emerged. Okay, what we have here is like just this shrieking toothless monster covered in veins emerging from. Uh, the earth and its hands are covered in shit. I can only imagine that's shit because I, that's the color that he's used to talk about like the defecation pits at the bottom of the planet. But I also like the wormoids also emerge, which is also like somehow Palpatine returned (laughs) or something, whatever the line is. I don't know. I don't watch star Wars. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. The way he draws the wormwoods is very cute. You look like the nematodes from SpongeBob. They're just like a U uh, shape with eyes and open mouths. You know what this is? This is all just like the preface for some crazy ass DLC for the binding of Isaac. That's what <laughs> oh, this, yeah, whole this thing is. Yeah, this is very binding of Isaac. Very good very Because good. it's all just shit, piss, blood, vomit, birth, and death. Like that's the entire Yeah, this thing. is like if binding of Isaac was science fiction. Right, exactly. The scientists didn't see this coming, and they were terrified. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I don't blame the scientists. It's the one thing we didn't want to happen. (laughs) This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. They panicked and launched 500 megaton nuclear missiles at the fetus, but they were not accurate because the fetus was too fast. The nuclear missiles only burned the fetus's skin and made him very angry. I mean, he's just covered in, like he's covered in veins standing on top of a nuclear wasteland where he is as tall as like the nuclear geysers happening around him. And he is very mad about it. Yeah, he's like screaming <laughs> at the heavens. Oh, you know what? This this reminds me of Smiling Friends. This is like has oh, the same yeah. artistic sensibility of Smiling Friends. Yeah, he has like the way his head's very lumpy with the big jaw. He looks like a Smiling Friends character. Yeah. This is right. actually all just just the, the prequel to Smiling Friends. It's like how Adventure Time was yes. off with the Mushroom Wars. This is just the Smiling Friends build up. Oh god, fuck yeah. In revenge, the fetus picked up a small mountain and threw it at the moon. The big guns with the guided nukes only destroyed parts of it, and the rest of the mountain hits. 
it's just a hand grabbing and throwing a moon or a mountain. And it's just like, I guess that's the explosions rocketing off of it. And yeah, then you see the, the mountain landing on the moon, which I guess is like just desserts. Cause that's what the moon did to us a long time ago. So yeah, many of the moon's dome cities were vaporized and others had their dubs crack or break. Tens of millions of people died. Amazing that he held back and just said millions and not billions, yeah. but that's okay. In a desperate attempt to save what was left, the scientist Space Navy was sent to destroy the fetus and the wormoids. The Space Navy had to be sent because the virus launcher was destroyed. I <laughs> Thank God he, he, he sewed up the, the hole on that... Uh, that plot hole right there. Uh, Dude. Do, Sp- Space Navy is just funny, but like the, the time that it took for him to draw and the previous panel is like people running away as their city is being destroyed by a falling mountain. And then the next panel is just like astronaut rocket men and interesting looking spaceships with shoes, apparently <laughs> that are being rocketed towards the planet. And like, the fact that he sat down and drew every single one of them poorly, but like many of them, like swarms of things, is very funny to me. Yeah, and like the smaller ships are all very lumpy and lopsided, so it just kind of looks like a bunch of Among Uses just kind of flying through space. Yes, very much, yeah. The Space Navy decided to take care of the Wormoids first. They realized that the Wormoids gave birth to floating figs so terrified that if you saw them, you would die of frights. <laughs> and, oh, dude, that's so fucking it's funny. so good. So the, the worms are, are giving birth to things out of their, like, little ghostly mouths. They look like they're wearing, like, the balaclava masks. Right? Yeah, or like a sheet um, ghost costume. Exactly. And uh, one of them is just kind of leaning in going, ooh. <laughs> And out of their mouths are coming like these black things, but over each one of the black things is a little box that just says censored. Yeah, they're so <laughs> terrifying so that if we funny. saw them, we would die. They're so terrifying. Like, he can show you like a sea of infinite faces being drowned in human shit for forever, but he can't show you this because this is too fucked up. Oh, he, yeah, he's. Getting some Lovecraftian humor in here as well. Many scientists in the Space Navy died of fright because of the floating things. The other scientists quickly learned and put up visors so that they only picked up heat signals. They then shot missiles at the floating things and blew them to pieces. That fucking rules. Um, I love all the lasers and the beams and shit going on. Again, just the, the juxtaposition of sizes here. The Wormoids, I was under the impression, were very, you know, I mean, in this context are huge, probably the size of houses or whatever. I think but you said they were like five they, miles tall earlier or something. Oh, or? He said they're five miles tall. Okay, well then that makes sense because these things are enormous. Um, if anything, he's being... Well, I mean, we also don't know the distance from which the, the astronauts um, are from the wormoids. So who knows here? Uh, but the the juxtaposition here is, is fantastic of just like all these different like censored things being blown apart by lasers and ships and stuff. This is great. Okay, 
Okay, so we are page 58 of 94 of this monstrous comic, and we have not even talked about uh, the the user response to this uh, new tome. So we're going to call it uh, a, a multi-part episode here, and we will be back next week with the conclusion of Bio-Apocalypse and the uh, something awful response to it. So... Um, I will close out by saying if anybody is in Chicago and you want to play my card game, please reach out to me. I also have an open invitation to anybody who wants to DM me and see one random, like, screwy, weird thing that I have in my collection of horrible things that I've uh, assembled over the past few years. Just shoot me a DM. You can also follow me on uh, Instagram at calculations and see more about the card game. As for the podcast, you can follow us along, uh, follow along with us at uh, IFTI Pod on Twitter. And uh, there's also Uncle Picture, which is back up and running, which is just random pictures from Something Awful, Manson USA, 4chan, and beyond. And uh, you can also, of course, follow me on Twitter at Winslow Domain. Yeah, and, and if I could, I would like to say also, um, since we've been going for a little while, if you're enjoying the show, it would mean a lot to us if you would. Um, Go to like wherever you listen to it, whether it's on iTunes or on you know Android or on uh, Pocket Cast or po- Podcast Addict or whatever, and just left a review about for the show to let us know what you think because that helps the algorithms and that's makes that's what makes other people find out about the show. So it would be very helpful to us, and I'm not expecting you know it's a little thing you can do to support the show without having to actually spend any money or you know do anything really. So I would appreciate it, and if, if you let us know, we'll probably check it and you know we'll, we'll know and we'll appreciate it. All right, we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm from the Internet is created by Jay Brandstetter and Winslow Domain. Edited by Steve Brown. Music by Steve Isbrook. 